and welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's episode, we're of course going to be talking about The Fugitive of the Jadoon and what an episode Doc 2 that was. And you can find out what we thought about it later on. But first, the news. Now, um, unfortunately, the only sort of news item uh, that we've got to talk about this week, unfortunately, today, as we recall, which is Tuesday, the 28th of January, um, is that uh, I suppose you could say, sort of like, you know, show, showbiz legend Nicholas Parsons um, has died at the age of 96. Now, of course, the Doctor Who fans, uh, Nicholas Parsons played Reverend, the Reverend Wainwright in The Curse of Fenric. Um, yes. Which is rather sort of ironic because everyone got their um, season 26. Blu-ray box sets yesterday and, and over the weekend, it seems. Yeah, Which, it does seem that the timing of that was was rather, I don't know. Yeah, rather, just, rather, yeah. yeah. <laughs> rather, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I yeah. can't think of a word for rather, rather than rather, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, um, now of course, I mean, apart from his one-off appearance in Doctor Who, I mean, Nicholas Parsons was, in this country, mainly known uh, for being the host of the Radio 4, BBC Radio 4 um, show, Just a Minute, which he hosted for over 50 years. Um, and I think he only missed two recordings. Am yeah. I right in saying that? Before his illness. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so that was, a, a, you know, amazing. Also, of course, he was known for um, The Side of the Century, um, which run um, on ITV. It was actually Anglia Television, wasn't it? Yes, because it yes. was from Norwich. Live from Norwich, it's the quiz of the week. Um, yeah, so I think a lot of people knew him from that, but he did so much more uh, than that as well. He actually started out as a, um, as an actor, um, and he sort of got sort of, it's sort of playing a, a sort of a, a straight man, didn't he, in Double Axe? Yeah. Um, because he, he was a, a very popular... TV comedian in the 1950s and 60s called Arthur Haynes and Nicholas Parsons was his straight man apparently they had a bit of a um, a falling out um, and, then be, and then he became a regular on the Benny Hill show uh, for five years I didn't realise it was, it was for that long long no actually while he was while he was doing the the sale of the century and just a minute as well yeah I know exactly exactly so he was never um, never, out, never out of work was he no um and he also, um, I think for, for Jerry Anderson fans as well, he was the voice of Tex Tucker in the Jerry Anderson TV series Four Feather Falls. Um, so it was uh, he, he, quite a, a wide and varied career, really. But always to me as as uh, the Doctor in Murder Ahoy, I think. Yes, that's right. <laughs> always in that. That was on at the weekend, funnily enough, Murder Ahoy. <laughs> So uh, actually, that was on Friday afternoon. It was on last fr- Friday afternoon. So um, yeah, he's. I mean, he's going to be very, very um, much missed. He was a sort of like um, that kind of put. He's always sort of very dapper. Always dressed in sort of like a stripy blazer and flannels. And I think he was a bit of a target um, for other comedians as well. Um, yeah, I, I think unfairly to be honest, because he was never. Um, how can I put it? He was. He was never sort of offensive or anything, was he? No, I mean. He- it, he was, I mean, I suppose. I suppose there's always the, well, there's the thing about comedians and straight men, and the fact that you know there's a feeling that they're earning their living off of the other person's talent. Mm. But, but they're think... there for a reason. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. And they've got to they've got to have the comedy timing as well as the, as good as the comedian. Otherwise, the comedian stuff doesn't work. Preci- yeah, it, if, it, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there. You really have. It's um, I think the straight man is um, sort of unfairly maligned. Really, I mean, yeah. um, I mean, we're going sort of off topic a little bit here, but I mean, it's the same with Morecambe and Wise. Um, and it, I mean, unfortunately, pretty much when Eric Morecambe died, it did pretty much finish Ernie Wise's career. Um, yeah. But I don't think it, Eric Welcome would have worked without Ernie Wise. No. And you've got to say that probably Nicholas Parsons' career went went from strength to strength after Arthur Haynes died. Yes, exactly. Because apparently I think Haynes was, was a little bit jealous of um, of Parsons. Yeah. So it's... Uh, no, very, very um, important. And I think he... Didn't he hold the, um, the Guinness World Record for the longest after-dinner speech? It went on for 11 hours. Um, that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> um, another thing that surprised me about him as well um, was he used to do like sell-out shows at the end of the Fringe. As well, um, and he, I, it, I was, it, just... it was almost like a one-man show with like special guests, and a lot of those guests were up-and-coming comedians. So I think he gave a lot of um, comedians their break or, or, or yeah. an, aud- an audience from because Edinburgh is quite a. Um, a wide and varied festival, you know. So I mean, you know, you, you can't knock him for that, really. No, and I, I mean, I think he did do quite a line in the sort of anecdote, yeah, sort of retelling, which is obviously where the after dinner after speech, speech is coming. Yeah, yeah. But you would expect. Probably, from, that, sorry, yeah, go on, mate. Sorry, and had such a good voice and speaking manner that I suspect it was quite a. And uh, you know it worked for him that way. Yeah, yeah. I think the um, I you know, as a as someone whose career went on for as long as it did, and was so varied, um, I, I don't doubt he had enough anecdotes to keep going for eleven hours. Anyway, getting back to Doctor Who, I think yeah. for our generation was, you know, he was just known for for being the host of a game show, and or. Well, post of two game shows, one on TV and one on radio. Mm. So when he, he got the part, we knew, saw he was in Curse of Fenric, you really did think that was a bit of stunt casting of the worst order. Yeah, because, I mean, that particular era of Doctor Who... Um, was, was, yeah, un- was, was under James T, yeah. For it. yeah, it was, yeah. Um, and but, sort of casting people that weren't known for their acting or weren't actors full stop, really. Yeah. But actually, he's probably one of the best things in that. He is. I mean, I think because he he had done acting. Yeah. As, as you said, you know, he was in sort of murder or high uh, for argument's sake. Yeah. Um, and, and and he did take it seriously. Yes. The most important thing of all, and I th- I thought, I, I still think actually, I think he's the best thing in it. I mean, Fenric isn't. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. And he's not a great story. It's held up in high regard. I, I'm not a particular fan of it, but I I do think he's the best thing in it. Yeah. I mean, he's the the actual reverence failure to cope with it mm. is probably the most horrifying bit in it. Yeah, exactly. I know it's a sort of bit cliche you know, a vicar that has lost his faith, yeah. but it's the whole thing of the fact that it's set during the during World War Two and he's sort of of the pin well how how can there be a God if we're just slaughtering each other by the million? Yeah. You know, so it's no it's yeah, I say it's quite cliche, but he doesn't make a cliche out of it. 
No, I mean, yeah, his performance is 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 one of the strongest things in it, and yeah, yeah, actually gives it the credibility mm. that it needs. Yeah, totally agree, totally agree. So yes, yeah, so I think today we've um, it's the end end of a sort of another another era. Really, there's not many many left now of his of his generation, is there? No, the, no. the, the one 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 of the things that sort of made me. Did make me laugh through the thing was uh, Matthew Sweet put a picture up from the seventies of Nicholas Parsons surrounded by women wearing bikinis. Yeah, saying, "Oh, we never got to see the one thing we never got was his Bond." <laughs> and the next person afterwards commented saying, "Saying, oh, what the name's Bond, James Bond, buzz repetition." <laughs> well done. <laughs> So, well which I think done. he would have, would have, would have laughed at himself. I think I think he would have appreciated that most yeah. definitely, most definitely. So, yep. Yeah, so a sad day, a sad day. But um, so um, that's it for. Unfortunately, that is all we have for the news. But um, of course, it seems rather inappropriate, really. But we have to go over to Omega Stats Corner. <laughs> Okay, so the overnight viewing figures for Fugitive of the Jadoon, um, it was watched by 4.21 million viewers, which gave it a 21.2% of the total viewing audience uh, for that evening. It made Doctor Who the sixth most popular show on British television uh, for Sunday night. Um, it's better, it's up on last week, or the week before I should say, um, it was beaten the same time by uh, Dancing on Ice on ITV, but that's only a 4.42 million. Yeah. So, you know, it's not um, not too dissimilar, to be honest. It really isn't. Um, however, apparently the... And I haven't got this in front of me, but I've been reliably, reliably informed that the AI for um, Fusion of the, of the Jadoon was 83. Yeah. Which is the best it's been in a long time. Yeah, I, I, I'd have been surprised if... If that would have been lower than than eighty for this one, yes, indeed, indeed. And it'd be interesting to see what the what the final figures. Be. Yeah, now come out. now the we'll get onto it later, obviously. But the word of mouth yes. has spread about this particular episode. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We shall see. We shall see. Now, um, going back to the previous week, the uh, Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror, the official ratings um, were five point. Two zero million viewers uh, made it the length most watched program on British television for that week, and twenty eighth across all television. I think was that was an improvement on Orphan Fifty Five as well. Yeah, um, and then it, in the end, the consolidated viewing figures it did end up beating Dancing on Ice, which ended up with uh, five point one million viewers. Yeah, well, as we said last week, I think Dancing on Ice has some sort of um, voting involved in it, so. It's not surprising that Dancing in Ice figures actually over the week are not that much different from what it was overnight because yeah, there's exactly. not much point in watching it. No, yeah, yeah, that's it. If you're in it for the voting, you're going to watch it on yeah. the night, aren't you? Yeah. And which is probably why Doctor Who fails in terms of the the overnights because a lot of people, given the choice, will think, oh, well, I can watch Doctor Who anytime and it doesn't make any difference so what so what you're saying is paul is to, is to increase audience figures it needs some 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 kind of voting Vote. involved yes <laughs> well, mm. at, the, at the end of end of this 
Sell it to Simon Cow, episode. they'll make a fortune. <laughs> the end of this week's episode, we could have voted for which doctor we want to keep. Couldn't we? <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah, that's... um, Yeah, well, we're going to get into that right now, actually, because that, that is pretty much yeah. it for the stats. There's nothing more to talk about um, on the stats, really. That, that's that, It is what it is. Um, yeah, so there, there we go. He seems to be pretty consistent, let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, it, it appears to have, uh, sort of five episodes in, it appears to have found its niche somewhat, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, the the worry was, when we had the first cut episode, and that was about four to five million, mm. was... Is that then gonna? Is that the the high? And are we gonna have a drop off? Yeah, yeah. Through the series, which was then really gonna start worryingly, because then we could be down into the 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 three three and a halfs, you know? Yeah, exactly. Which, but we no. we seen it seems to have that's its that's its core audience now. So yeah, that's it. Which okay, it's not as what it, what it once was, but as we keep saying every nothing week, is. exactly. You look at television viewing figures across the board. Um, and they're all down. Yeah, people just don't. A lot of people just don't want to sit down in front of the television anymore and watch it live. No, no, no. If if um, thirty years ago, you could guarantee Doctor Who was going to be getting the same sort of figures as Coronation Street and EastEnders regularly. Mm. They'd be. It's 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 it'd be assured to go on. <laughs> yeah, pre- yeah, precisely. Precisely. It's um, and I must admit, if 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 I record anything on one of the commercial channels or anything off of one of the satellite channels, um, I'll always I'll never watch it live. I'll always record it because I'm fast forward through the sodding adverts. <laughs> I'm more likely to watch something live on the BBC than I am on ITV, for argument's sake. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, so the moment adverts just ruin the flow of what you're watching. Yeah, always have done, always have done. But uh... or I, or I tend to turn over and then forget to turn back. When I've <laughs> Such is your impetuousness and impatience. Yes, no, <laughs> no, totally no, no concentration on any subject. <laughs> right, okay, Paul, we're gonna have to concentrate in a minute because uh, that's the end of the news. So, can up next we're gonna talk about uh, fugitive of the Jadoon. So, for another week, then that was the news. Okay, everybody, we're now going to talk about one of the most, as they say, one of the most interesting episodes of Doctor Who we've had in a very, very long time. Fugitive of the Jadoon. Time is swirling around me. All within the perimeter must be catalogued. The fugitive is here. The sea's on the siege. Isolator primed, Captain. Prepare final warning missile. Something's coming for me. I can feel it. They're gone. Because we're miss. Let's go. And Paul, it is your duty to uh, to start proceedings this week. And it is just a case of where do you start? I know. Where where would you like to start? <laughs> um. I actually don't know where I want to start with it. <laughs> shall we? Shall we start with um, Joe Martin? In that case, 
Yeah, I mean, actually, actually, st- start with the start of the of the, of the episode because it starts and it's all it focuses on her. Yeah, and I must admit, because it's quite a long intro for her. You know, mm, you see yes. the, the, the doing the breakfast, then then walking to work and patting dogs and everything and, else. And that leaflets and yeah. yeah, yeah. And you do think to yourself like. This is a lot to this is just a lot of passing the time on this character. <laughs> <laughs> when is this gonna actually start getting into the story? Yeah. But obviously you don't realise then that this is the most important character I in it and perhaps in Doctor Who for about the last ten years. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um Yeah, when when the big reveal came I mean, what what were your your thoughts? Because the moment I saw her, the, you know, the whole message and, and break the glass, I was thinking straight away, she's a time lord. Yeah, um, yeah. I think was... that was that. So so then you start thinking through Rani, meddling monk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you didn't didn't at all think Doctor. I have to say, no, me neither. And obviously, they've just introduced. A new master, so you're thinking, well, they're not going to introduce another master straight away. No, that would be. So. I mean, it'd be quite interesting if they'd done that, <laughs> but you would have thought not. So you're sort of thinking, well, unless they're going to introduce a completely new Time Lord, mm. you know, you're sort of looking along those sort of lines. And well, the fact that it's you know a fugitive, you're thinking, oh, is it? You know, it's a yeah, it's obviously a renegade Time Lord. I think the other thing is as, as well, and this doctor uh, appears to be sort of almost in the the Pertwee mould as an all action doctor yeah. as well. Um, though I must admit the the fight scene it was edited. Um, obviously, she, she's not a she's not a, a, a kung fu master or, or a Venusian Aikido master, so um, it looked. More Jackie Mason than Jackie Chan, if I'm honest with you. But um, yeah, I, yeah. I, and, to, and to be honest, the Jadoon aren't exactly the N- nimble, are they? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, though I did think it was a bit cruel to snap off the horn. I thought yes. that, was a, that was a very cruel thing to do. Actually, yeah, I, I mean, that's the only bit I didn't like. There's a couple of things I didn't like about it. The one was that, which I thought was. Unnecessary, and I'll come on to the other bit later when we when we get, sort of get round to it. Um, I mean, I mean, other than the fact that if in her subconscious she knew that was the the biggest insult, and they'd run, they'd go away and regroup, so to speak, which would give her time to to work out what was going on. Yeah, yeah. And that was probably the only thing that would have done made them do that. Mm. But it does sort of seem. So particularly, particularly in, in the world we live in, where rhino horn is, and and the fact that we've driven, we're nearly driving them to extinction. Extinction, yeah, because of for, for, for to get their horn seems to be yeah a rather is the thing that actually sticks in the in your throat more than yeah, and that, I think that else. I think that's what it was actually. I think that, that that's what it was because it is that sort of uh, as you say that that real world um, you know sort of thing that's going on you know we were, you know they've been hunted to extinction and for yeah. 
their horn, which has got no medicinal per- qualities whatsoever. No. Um, yeah, it's, it's terrible. So we, we um, come out of a recent episode of talking about you know what are we doing to the planet? Yeah. To not, where yeah, we've got where we've yeah. got a doctor breaking the the horn of a rhino. Yeah. So yeah, I, d- I didn't sort of sit very well with me that bit. But anyway, um, yeah. So obviously at the same time you've got Jodie Whittaker. Uh, we we have cut straight to the chase on this one, don't we? Um, hmm. You know, digging out yeah. the tiles. I mean, I think it would have been you know. it, it had 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 she grabbed his gun or some other ceremonial part of his uniform. Yeah. I think that would have that that would have sufficed for the story. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, so last last word on that. Uh, so okay, okay. Um, yeah. So all you know, all the while that she's turning back into the Doctor, um, you got Jodie Whittaker's Doctor digging out the Tardis from under a grave. Um, yes, which was a, a shock, to yeah. be honest. Um, which then, of course and, gives the first first question of people have been trying to work out. Where this doctor? Yes. Now I've where? had I had my own theory on this, which has actually been shot down today by Chris Chibnall himself, um, because I thought maybe is this a parallel universe doctor? Yeah. Um, but so he's come could, out and said no, hasn't he? He said no, no. This is the doctor. So I'm now trying to figure out how how how's he going to do this? Because obviously. The TARDIS didn't take its this police box shape until William Hartnell. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing. I mean because people have been have been speculating on either it's either pre Hartnell uh, or it's between Troughton and Pertwee. Well, I I I think with some of the things that were said, I think it's pre Hartnell. Um, but then b- b- that b- b- gives b- us the wrong TARDIS, as you just said. Yeah. Now this because... is what this, but. It's also the fact that she um, refers to it as the ship, not the TARDIS, yeah. which is something Hartnell always did. Yeah. So, okay, I could be reading into this more than is actually there. Um, but the... Yeah, I, if, if it is pre-Hartnell, I'd like to see how they get around the whole police box thing. Because we've yeah, already because... seen, it's already been established, he escapes in from Gallifrey in the TARDIS pointed out to him by Clara, and it was the normal cylindrical... Well, shape. but but more than that, the first time when they land in uh, with Ian, Ian and, Barbara, and Barbara, yeah, they come out the first time they come out of the TARDIS. The Doctor's saying is 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 complaining that it hasn't changed, and that's the first time it hasn't changed. Yeah. So now either way, we've, we're going to have some sort of mind wipe thing, or because also the other thing we find that they, as far as they're concerned, Gat. And Doctor Ruth, as we'll, as we'll call her, yeah. um, Gallifrey is still there. Yeah. Well, you say say about mind what the other thing that comes to me is we've just spent the last few reviews mm. moaning about whether it's right for the Doctor to wipe people's minds. And yeah, is this is where is, is this is where it's leading is this, to? Is this is this the reason why the mind wiping in the first episode? Mm. Or second, the, the the second part of the two-parter is that why it's introduced? Because we said it seemed to be totally out of character for the Doctor to do it. Exactly. So why does the Doctor do it? Yeah. But is that just laying the seed then, so that when the the mind wipe of one of these, whatever, uh, Doctor Ruth or 
um, the Doctor mm. have their memories of the other Doctor erased? Is this what it's like? Was that what it was laying the foundations for? Exactly. And is it the Doctor that wipes her own memory? Yeah. It it could be. It could be. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I'm I'm interested to see where this is gonna this is this is gonna go, and it's got a lot of people excited. Um, yeah. But at the same token, <clears throat> um, it's upset a lot of people as well. Um, you know, it's messing with the the the, the canonicity of 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 the of the, of the show, and it's mucking around the history. It's disrespectful to Hartnell. Let's see where it goes. If the you know, as long as there's a purpose to this. I, well, I, I mean, I, actually, a it hasn't necessarily been established that I mean, until it's actually even established where this doctor comes in the in the order. Yeah. I mean, it could be that the, the you know what what where is the time where is the timeline as far as you know well, is Gallifrey I, rebuilt by that state? You know well, what this, is the this is, I I I think this is I do think this is like a pre Hartnell thing, but um, as long as there's a good reason to do this, because I think people are sort of like sort of forgetting because um, everyone's getting really really getting some people are getting really upset about the fact that it's wiping out the, the, the show's previous history. It's, it's like a big reboot, um, etc. etc. But each showrunner's done their own thing, yeah, and and basically pissed over. History. I mean, Moffat was famous for doing it. I mean, look how look yeah. how upset people got when it was um, Clara was the one who pointed out which Tardis for the for the Doctor to steal. Yeah, people losing you know losing their minds. Sort of certain people losing their minds over it. It all got quickly forgotten. But I mean, <coughs> to be honest, once once you've introduced the War Doctor, mm. you've basically said, well, and if everything's on the table now, you can yeah you can do what you want. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's no. I mean, to to be honest, you'll get back to. It it's not. I mean, the the whole thing to be just making brain of Morbius. The the images on that cannon could be coming. <laughs> it, precisely. Maybe this is where he's got this from. Maybe he's got the idea from. He's, he's taken it from from that episode. Who knows? Who knows? But there, there be in the future years there be a remastered version of Brain of Morbius that that will have <laughs> her face in it. Yeah, in it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that um, I think for my personal opinion, as you know, let's see how this how this plays um, yeah. plays out. Sorry, yeah, uh, we don't, we don't know everything. We don't everything know. at the moment is speculation, which exactly. is good to be honest. Wait, to put it Wait, this as, way. as as long as long as it has a reasonable resolution yeah it's it's one of those things you know they, they they've done it but is it, is it a case of did they do it because they could or, or did it because they should yeah i mean you, you know. you've got to think if you're gonna do something as completely throwing everything up in the air as that yeah you must already know the answer yeah I think so. I think so. Um, so, what did you think of her as the Doctor? We'll get onto the regular, the, the, the plot and the cast later on. Um, what, what, what did you think of her as the Doctor, though? Um, 
difficult to a certain extent to to say because you haven't really had that much um, to, to go on, and mm. the only interaction is with with um, Whitaker's doctor. Yeah. So you've not seen this doctor react with anybody else, really. But it seems to be quite uh, a, a take no prisoners kind of doctor, which is, um, which, which makes me think this is like a a, a pre, um, a pre Hartnell one because she hasn't that doesn't appear to have much, as the doctor doesn't appear to have much interaction with humans. Because it, it takes Ian and Barbara to sort of soften, Hart uh, um, Hartnell's doctor, doesn't it? Yeah. Although, I don't know, because, I mean, how much would she know, remember, of the time she spends on Earth in disguise, so to speak? Well, that's, we don't know how long she's been there. No. That's the thing. But just the way, sort of like, it's quite handy with a, um, with a gun... With the snapping off the rhino horn, as we were previously said, um, even with you know when she sort of gave the gun up to Gat, she knew full well what was going to happen to her. She pulled the trigger. Even so, I, I yeah. told her not to. It's a very sort of um, sort of laissez-faire attitude <laughs> to it, to be honest. Yeah, which seems to I mean, Paul um, Josie Whitaker's doctor. The fact that the first thing having regained her memories mm. is that she goes for the gun rather than the the outfit yeah as well seems a bit well the fact that the first thing she does is go for the gun really is the... yeah exactly that's what i mean that's what i mean so it's uh now what what did you think of that tardis interior yeah it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i mean it if you've got the opportunity to to just bring something off to do something like that, yeah. Then, yeah, you're gonna do that, aren't you? You haven't. They, something you know you're not necessarily gonna have to live with. Well, it 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 really sort of it was like a modern take on the original console room. Yeah, and, and I loved it. Yeah, I thought it looked absolutely fantastic. Um, and it's only recently when I'm looking at like, the stills of it, you can see. In the back, the chameleon arch hang, hanging up. Yeah. So um, I've only I've only just noticed that actually. So it wasn't um, you know I don't it was nothing that was obviously enforced on her by the time lords. It was uh, she did it herself to hide. Um, also, yeah. the other mystery is Neil Stuke's character um, as well, who seems to be more aware of who he was. Yeah, I mean, but but obviously seems to have been a time lord. But registered as human. Yeah, well, that was the that was the cloak. See, this is this is the thing. Although she seems to have undergone the um, transformation, yeah, yeah, to make her human or whatever, mm. there still seems to be a cloaking system there. Yeah, almost back to that perception filter thing again. Yeah, because they. Pick it up before she changes back. Yeah. 
So obviously the Jadoon can can see through it. Mm. Set their systems to see through it. So they before she changes back. So it's not the fact that she's undergone the um, process mm. stopping them from finding her. It's the fact that she's being cloned, which sort of seems to be a bit of a being seems to be a bit of a, a strange idea of double belt and braces attempt to hide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But uh, and obviously, oh, I suppose well, there is a fact that one of them in that situation would have to stay aware of their who they are. Who they are? Yeah. Pretty much like Martha otherwise they may with, never. Yeah, with the tenth Doctor, to be honest, she okay, she yeah. was human anyway, but she had to sort of keep up the pretense just to make sure his cover wasn't blown. Yeah, and also yeah, that if they needed to, he needed to become the Doctor again. That she was there to to tell him how. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so that seems a bit. That seemed a bit odd that. Why he would be able to stay as he is, but she had to suppress her memories or hide her, take her memories away. Mm. Oh, I'm well, not quite well, sure how that works. No, no, but I'm going to say that that bit's done now. We're not, we're not going to sort of come, no. come back to that, really. Um, but obviously, somebody didn't trust the Lee Clayton um, character, and that was the guy who worked in the, um, in the coffee shop. All ears, Alan. Um, yeah. Now, who's basically a stalker, and, yes, and keeps a file on his. Um, I could put it, his, 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 in his mind his intended um, husband, who doesn't trust him. He, he knows he's got this. He's got no previous history of living in the in in Gloucester before. Yeah. Um, but they still go there every day and sort of laugh it off, kind of thing. And the the guy's clearly um, a stalker. Arranged. Deranged, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and the fact that okay, so he's he's realised that Lee is not perhaps who he says he is. Mm. Then why hasn't he tweaked that Ruth isn't got any backstory any further back than he's either? I know, I know. Well, love is blind, isn't it? Yes, yeah. So because um, you presume they both arrived, they both arrived in Gloucester at the same same time. time yeah, I was saying a stalker's case. Um, once the blinkers are on. Yeah, yeah, bloody hell. Um, yeah, that's that's I'd say that was the other bit I didn't like because I thought that you know that's um, stalking someone isn't it's not a it's not a light hearted matter really. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and to just be joking, it seemed to be a joke, wasn't it? The yeah, the fact that you know yeah, and okay, he got his comeuppance, but even that was done in a in a kind of a jokey way. Yeah, he pushed the jadoon and and got executed, so it was. Uh, yeah, some some kind of justice, I suppose you could say, hmm. so. but not for not for what he was doing. Doing, yeah, yeah. Um, now, obviously, the other big reveal in this was Captain Jack Harkness. Yeah, which tells you what sort of episode this was. That we're this far into talking about it, and we're now only mentioning it. Captain Jack, I know. Um, Did you gu- consider how, that? How gutty was John Barrowman feel right now? <laughs> Because no one's talking about him. <laughs> um. Oh, I don't know. I mean, there's still the the whole. I mean, he at least did get his um 
surprise in first. He did, um, but his, his thunder was, well, I think it was mine, yeah. de- definitely stolen. Um, but really, he he didn't really do anything to advance the plot, did he? He was, it was. No, but... I, I did feel it was a little bit of right. Okay, I've got, I've got all these ideas. Let's chuck them all in this episode and see what works. Um, well, again, because we don't know a what the origin or the resolution to. And I don't know, I just ended up calling her Dr. Ruth because I don't know. It's just Dr. Ruth. <laughs> how, to, how else you um, separate them. We don't know if the resolution actually involves the the lone Cyberman it, it as well. It could involve the lone Cyberman. Um, but it has also been confirmed also by Chris Chibnall that we won't see Jack Harkness again this series. Yeah, but they've already recorded the... Um, the New Year next special. year's New Year one, aren't they? Yeah. I wonder whether I wonder whether that's when we're gonna we may see him again. Maybe because he dyed his hair especially for the for the role, didn't he? So. Yeah. <laughs> and by all reports, he was in. <clears throat> He's been in Cardiff for, a lot. Yeah. For for longer than he needed to do just to do that. Yeah. I mean that shot they said was just one day's filming, mm. and he was in Cardiff for a lot of the time. Yeah. And to be, it was good to see him back in it again, to be honest. Yeah. Yes, I mean, he, yeah, I, the, the, the fact, I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and exactly as you'd want him to be. Yeah. In it. Yeah, I... I so... Yeah, he, he's... It's he, almost... You're almost getting to... He's, he's becoming sort of like this... This era's... Do, of, of Doctor, he's sort of like this era's Tom Baker. Where does the Doctor begin and Tom Baker end? Kind of thing. Yeah. It's the same thing with Jack Hartness and John Barrowman. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was... I like the, the thing he, he mistook um, Bradley Walsh for the Doctor. Then trying yeah. to figure out whether it, it was like Ryan or, or Yaz um, was, the doc, you know, was the Doctor as well. So, um, And yeah, just the fact <laughs> there's three of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, it, it was, was like, um, oh, why wasn't that? It was almost, yeah, you could almost think, oh, why wasn't there three of them to, for me to play with? While yeah. I, was <laughs> I did like it, but but the thing is, though, introducing Jack, um, it, it was weird that scene. Where whilst he was sort of dicking around on that console, the, the other three of them just sort of stood there. Yeah. Um, and they did have a lot to do this episode, did they? No, well, I, I suppose, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I mean, again, this is this, this I mean, that's actually what Captain Jack's main purpose of this episode was, was to get them out of the way. Yeah, give them some well, a little something to do. It well, it wasn't, you know. Yeah, it wasn't well, to, well, to give well, to give them a a a, re, a a reason not to be there. Yeah. When the the doctor and Ruth have the the conversations and then obviously have the reveal. Mm. Because that would have been very odd trying to deal with that and the three companions as well. I mean, they, they do, they do play their their bit at the beginning and, and at the end when yeah. they're questioning the Doctor, um, which yeah. I thought was um, a couple of nice scenes because they, they were sort of like feeling a bit, um, especially at the, the beginning. There's sort of like almost seeds of doubt being sown to a certain degree. As so, to, uh, you know, yeah, as to what, what are you doing? Why, you know, where are you going when you when you drop us off? And as you find that she's and, chasing after the master. 
and the fact, yeah, the oh, or going back to, to Gallifrey, yeah, Gallifrey, yeah. Um, I mean, which you can understand. I mean, there is there is a fact that there isn't the perhaps the the trust between not not necessarily trust, but there isn't actually the relationship between these three and the Doctor as there has been with other Doctors and Companions. No, the Doctor's been very, very guarded. Yeah. Very, very guarded about, you know, who exactly she is and where she's from. Um, whereas, is... whereas you think even Martha got the, got the sit-down history lesson. Yeah. Pretty early on. But didn't she sort of have to push the Doctor into yeah, giving but, it up, didn't she? Yeah. But he did. He did. Do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Whereas they have actually been asking her, and she's not wanting to. Which I thought Jodie Whittaker did very, very well. Yeah. This week, actually. And, and the bit where, um, at the end, where she's like saying to uh, Ryan, you know, you, you don't know me at all. Yeah. You know, and basically sort of getting quite sort of um, snappy with them. Yeah. Which, which the side of Jodie Whittaker's Doctor we haven't seen yet, and I'm glad it's starting to come out. Yeah, because we need well, a bit and, more of that. We can't have the the, the 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 super excitable doctor all the time. No, I think and the, the fact. Was, oh yeah, go on. Sorry, mate. So, and the fact that she says to Yaz in the at the, at the beginning, you ask too many questions. Yeah, is that whole? Which, yeah, it's yeah. I, I, that's quite telling. Yeah, actually, that's quite telling. And I'm, I, we we need a bit more of that from the doctor. The doctor needs to be a bit more introspective. Um, now and again. Um, which we haven't had a yeah. lot of, certainly not last series, and not not quite so much this series. Well, a, little, yeah. a little bit more with the return of the Master and uh, the destruction of Gallifrey and all that. But um, but the Doctor is not the same as the companion. No, you know that's that's you know there's got to be there was a bit too much that there was almost other than she obviously was more intelligent than them mm. in the last series. There wasn't necessarily that break between the. F- between them, no. And I did like sort of like Bradley Walsh's little speech at the end to sort of you know get the doctor yeah. out of the malaise, um, yeah, somewhat. And and I'm not a big fan of the whole fam family kind of thing, but I think in this instance it kind of it worked. Yeah, it did. It did snap the doctor out of what but I yeah, was going but through yeah, her cause, mind. Because because you know there, there was a fact there that. Yeah, it's almost saying to her, "Look, either you, if you don't believe this, then perhaps we are better off going our own separate ways now." Yeah. But if you want, if you want to be with us, we want to be with you. So mm. let's go forward. Yeah. Which I, I really like that. I really like that yeah. a lot, actually. Um, I say, I know for sure um, this episode wasn't for everybody. Um, but I think if I think if anyone had any any doubts about Jodie Whittaker being suitable for the Doctor, um, I think this particular episode should shoot uh, shoot any any of those um, yeah myths really. Because I think given the given the right material, I think she nails it. To be honest, yeah. Oh yeah, I think I think that's 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 yeah, and I think this this true. proved it. This week certainly proved it. Um, I mean, to be honest, there's not really much more. I mean, yeah, okay, we had the Jadoon, which I think 
they're not they're sort of quite a, a sort of like a, a second rate monster in my mind for for Doctor Who, but they sort of served their purpose. Yes. This week, didn't they? They didn't, you know, um as it turned they they weren't what the plot was actually about. <laughs> no. I mean but they 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 allow the the plot to move on without revealing anything as to actually what the real story is. Yes, yeah, it. That's it. No, um, I'd, I'd I'd say I'd I say it's not without its 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 faults. I, d- I didn't like the um, the rhino horn snapping bit. Um, <laughs> the one bit that made almost made me laugh was when they're um, obviously in the apartment. And the doctor's taken Ruth away, mm. and it's Yaz, Ryan, and Lee there. Yeah, and they're sort of you know saying about oh we go out and make a diversion. Yeah, the fact when Yaz goes, I'm a policeman. I can I can talk to them at their level. It's almost as if like <laughs> she's just reminding herself. Yaz's time to shine. How how little they've used Yaz's abilities as a as a as a police as officer. a police officer. Yeah, yeah. Was just like the fact that you know suddenly like you get this bit where she's almost like she's she's suddenly remembered. You know. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're nearly two years into into her role in this, and it's suddenly someone's actually the pennies dropped somewhere. You know. <laughs> It's almost like, of course, kind of at moment, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> you know, you think, think you don't know whether she was saying it for, to the police benefit or whether she was actually, it was just literally. <laughs> she was the one with the memories that come flooding back. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I, I would put this... Story almost like the same level as um, oh god, I can't think of the the name of it now. The one with Derek Jacobi's master in it. I've got a complete blank. Utopia. Utopia. Yeah. Um, where it's not what you think it's going to be. No. The, the plot is very very slight, and it's just building up to that big reveal, or in this case, two big reveals. We kept which Jack of course and, also, yeah, also, also has the. The connection there, then, that if you take it that Captain Jack became the face of Bo, yeah, in both episodes you've got the face of of Bo giving a warning to the future. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, so there we are. There we are. I, I haven't got too much more to say other than sort of like, yeah, I, I, it had my jaw on the floor. Yeah. Um I really am intrigued to see how this is going to resolve um itself. I yeah. think a lot of people are going to get extremely pissed off as it goes on. <laughs> it's it, it is going to be one of those ones now where where the level of excitement as to as to what's going to happen next and the le- level of dread as to as to whether it's going to actually be yeah. Um explained satisfactorily. Is is equal, isn't it? It is. It really is. It really is. But uh, if you've got nothing else, have you got anything else to add, Paul? Before I move on to the feedback. No, I think that's about it. Yeah, I think that's about it. Okay, okay. Well, um, obviously, 
you uh, lovely listeners out there have been sort of uh, giving us your thoughts on this episode. And um, so this week we just got some Facebook and uh, email feedback, actually. Um, so first with Andrew Gill. Andrew says, my brain hurts. Also, squee. So thank you very much. Um, Abby Peck uh, writes us again and she says, that was epic. Thank you, Abby. Um, I think for Abby, that was a big improvement last week. So I think Abby wasn't too impressed last week, but um, I think this has got her back on board. Um, Jeff Waddle um, says, most jaw-dropping who since it came back in 2005. Outstanding, faultless. Thank you very much, Jeff. Um, next we have Joanne Alexander. Uh, Joanne says, I know what the last Sideman wants. Reassembled. Mind was completely blown with that episode. How the hell are they going to write themselves out of this one? I bloody love Ruth, a person of colour and a woman. Not done for PC, PC purposes at all, but to make the story even more exciting. What an action doctor she is. Um, she's then finished up by saying, some will hate it, but it gets a huge thumbs up from me and jugs the Cyberman. And she's uh, she did sort of post a, a photo of her as dressed up as uh, as 13, um, holding a Cyberman head. So there, there we go. Thanks a lot, Joanne. Uh, Martin Havel uh, writes in again. Martin, of course, from the Bad Wolf podcast. Um, he says, enjoyed every second of it. Great to have Jack back. He brings so much energy and fun. Ruth's TARDIS was glorious. I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, I would like to say right now, can we start the campaign to swap Ruth's, Dr. Ruth's um, console room for Jodie Whittaker's one? Can we can we swap them over, yeah, please? I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think you'd probably get bored. With, I mean, I can understand why they wouldn't want that sort of console room going forward, just from the point of view that it's well, the thing it does that... it does you do you do get the 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 Davison team just standing around. But to be honest, in a that's, blank room, that's all they're doing with with the, um, the current Tardis console room anyway. Well, oh no, like, they're able to sit on steps and everything. Exactly, but, the, but again, the, they've got this huge set, but they haven't crowded around this this weird-looking and I, I think ridiculously low TARDIS console. So yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't look right. I don't. I do not like that console. I'm sorry. I just this. I really don't like it. Um, anyway, back to the feedback. Um, John Michael Lindsay. Hi, John Michael. He says quite simply the absolute best episode of Jodie's run so far. I was completely engaged with the story from the very start and just kept throwing out curveballs. Every single performer played their roles to the max in this one, not one weak link. It's clearly taken leave from the Bourne identity, but it played out incredibly well. As for the return of an old friend, the moment I heard the first word, I knew who it was and cheered when he appeared. It's been too long and I hope it's not a one-off. I can't wait to see how this plays out. Uh, thanks, John Michael. Well, unfortunately, it appears that it's it's the one off of this series, but he'll be back. I do think he'll be back. Yeah. as you say, Paul. May, maybe the New Year's special. So, when, uh, yeah, when he was, uh, you get the feeling with Captain Jack, he was either never going to come back, yeah, or he's going to come back and at least play a prominent role in an episode. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we'll, we'll we will see how this one pans out. So, and the last bit of fee- uh, feedback from Facebook, uh, Thomas McCambly. Um, hi Thomas, he said that was, I think, an instant classic and a hell of a ride. Okay, thank you very much. So now we move on to the um, email feedback, and we have another one of regular contributors, Ian Key, and Ian says, "Blimey!" Oh, oh by the way, before I go any further, there is 
swearing in this one, so you've been warned. Um, in case of Blimey, that was like an RTD and Moffat episode mashup rather than a safe Chibnall story. So much going on, my brain hurts. What the actual fuck? Um, love Jack being Jack, uh, being back, sorry. Love the other TARDIS. Love the mystery of an alternative Doctor, stroke Gallifrey. So good, gonna watch it again now. Have a great week, Ian. And he finished that with, oh, and it felt like a penultimate episode of a season rather than episode five. Excellent. He makes a good point. It did feel yeah. like the end of a series. Yeah. With that little speech, particularly at the end. Well, there was actually a couple of points during this episode where you thought, actually, that could have been the cliffhanger ending to it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I think he makes a very good point there. He did feel exactly like an end of seasons episode. Yeah. But, you know, setting up for you know setting all this mystery up for the next season. But you know, we won't, we don't have to have to wait that long, fortunately. Um, well, we don't know. We <laughs> might, not, <laughs> might never refer to it again till the end of the season. I think. <laughs> Let's hope not. <clears throat> okay, and finally, um, we have another email from Daniel Winterbottom Stanley, and he writes. Dear Phil and Paul, I hope you're well. I've had a fantastic week. I binged on Kiora and listened to podcasts. Thank you so much for reading out my previous emails. They gave me some of your listeners. I've had an influx of three follows. <clears throat> Fugitive of the Lagoon. You've got all our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, Fugitive of the Jadoon. Oh, where to start? I was a bit confused why Matt is no longer sharing a flat with Mandy and Martin. <laughs> But I guess it doesn't matter because he died quickly. Why are Ruth and Matt still using that cafe? When I collected a dossier of a lady I liked, the police told me I could never see her again. <clears throat> it was great to see Doctor Who back to its simple ways. This episode is very much like the Censorites. <laughs> a slow-paced sci-fi drama with mo not, no modern need to shock or disturb the viewer. Hope this is the way we move forward. Very cosy. Uh, Richard, <laughs> Richard Dinsdale was used well this week, but I'm still struggling to believe his performance. It's great to have Captain Jack Sparrow back, but I'm a bit confused because I thought he couldn't die. Oh, uh, yeah, get it. Okay. Um, thanks, Daniel Winterbottom Stanley. Please keep them coming. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, please keep the feedback coming, everybody. It is, it's yeah. so great to read it out. Um, and it does seem that everybody enjoyed it, really. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't look for a lot of what other people think about Doctor Who because I tend to get a bit depressed by it. <laughs> um, but I haven't actually seen anything that's been... I, I've seen the odd thing. I've seen the odd yeah. thing. Um, I mean, I... Mainly people are arguing about, you know, you can't interfere with... History. Yeah. Let's in be honest, time, folks. Time the, the, in a, in a the time travel does it all program. The time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in a time travel program, what's this messing around with history do? Yeah, precisely, precisely. But uh, yeah, I, I, all I can say is that I just hope that it, it, you know, it leads to something, you know, you know, a, a decent payoff. Yeah, to all of this, um, and there's yeah. a real good reason for doing so. Hmm. I think if there isn't, Wait. it'll be it'll be like an interesting experiment more than anything else. Yeah. I must admit, I was starting to think to myself, I don't know whether this is all becoming a bit... whether I'm enjoying Doctor Who as much as I used to. Yeah, I'm I, I'm kind of reaching that point myself. I'm beginning to think, am I... 
have I sort of now outgrown the show? Is it not for me yeah. anymore? Do I have to sort of walk away from it as I did in the eighties? And I must admit, you know, and come back again. This is not necessarily just a, but having watched and we're not obviously I'm not wanting to cross reference our sci fi stuff here. Mm. But having watched the first episode of Picard yeah. on Friday. Yeah. I came away from watching that thinking, God, I wish I was reviewing that this week rather than Doctor Who. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what and you mean. And then this ep- see this episode and actually I don't know what I'm looking forward to more next week. I know exactly what The second what you mean. episode of, of Picard or the and next got, episode and got, of Doctor Who. And we've got Discovery coming back soon as well. So. Yeah. But just, just from the fact that, you know, if you'd have said to me on Saturday, you can only watch one. You can either only watch Picard or you can watch Doctor Who next week. Which one do you want to do? Mm. Then I'm afraid I think Doctor Who may well have got the... Got got the heave-ho. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm totally but with you. But now... <laughs> I'd be fighting to watch both. So, <laughs> well, let's see if it continues in this vein uh, next week. Yeah. When the next week's episode called Praxius, um, or whether it's just a drop in quality again. Yeah, we'll see. We shall see. But um, I hope they keep I mean, this level up. I really do. I mean, this, this this is the fact. I mean, it does need a shake-up every now and again. It does um, for 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 us old people. Well, you know, I, we I get think, it perhaps a bit too set in our, well, our ways. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I you know, I, I think for a, a lot of people of our age group, yes, we grew up watching the classic series, and yeah, it, we we do keep um, sort of referencing um, that particular what we what we see as, as the golden era. And but if we yeah. look back on it, it was pretty much the same thing week in week out. There was no real yeah. I mean, the, the next biggest shake-up, really. You had two big shake-ups in, 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 in Doctor Who, I think. And that is when um, Barry Letts took over. Yeah. Um, and so, and I, actually, I suppose you could, say you could you could put Philip Hinchcliffe in that same bracket. But then the next big shake-up was uh, J&T. Yeah. But, even, but then that became too familiar. As we said earlier about you know, Nicholas Parsons being sort of, we, we thought, oh, stunt casting. Yeah. You know, which is which is what he was famous for, and a lot of the scripts were pretty terrible under because he was not a good judge of a script, J and T, by any stretch of the imagination. Right. He, he was, uh, you know, he was a showman. He was good. At, he was good at the publicity, the marketing. Yeah. You know, so it's, uh, but as you say, it, it needs a it needs a shake up, and I think that's what a showrunner to, should 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 do really. And I know that they they've got to put there. I know people get upset because oh, it's not the same as it used to be, and. Um, but they've got to put their make their mark, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, I mean, at the moment, the majority, to my mind, of Chibnall's um, era, hasn't really hit the mark fully. It's yeah, it's been it's been searching for its identity. Yeah, it's yeah. I think in some ways he has been playing it too safe. Mm. I think because so as well. I think yeah. I think, you know, I think he's thought, well, I've sort of introduced a few things here that aren't going to go down well with some of the some of the fans. Yeah. So what I want to do is just bring some sort of routine Doctor Who through. Yeah, yeah. And I think with this series, he, is start, he was starting to, to push it a bit. Well, he certainly mixed and then, it up this and then, episode. <laughs> and then obviously it's come to... And you've got to say that Actually, 
the fact that everything was kept under wraps. Oh yeah, yeah, fair play. I mean, I mean the the whole the whole thing about it was the fact that everything came. I mean, I don't I don't know how you know whether it, it was out there, mm. but I, I mean I don't go looking for it, so I didn't see it. But the whole thing that everything came as a oh, what's happening here? Yes, yeah, um, right. yeah, just just really took it to another level. Whereas I think if you'd been sitting there waiting for it to happen, it it wouldn't have been. That wouldn't have felt that game changing. No, it wouldn't have done. It wouldn't have done. So I mean, it, I mean, this week he certainly has set the cat amongst the pigeons. Yeah. Um Let's let's see how this plays out. It's gonna, it's going to be a, an interesting, I think, a, a bumpy ride for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, certainly is. So, uh, well, I think that just about sort of wraps up um, this week's episode. So um, we'll return next week with uh, Praxius. So um, until then, it's goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye for me, Paul. And, uh, well, that was the quiz of the week. And now, from Norwich, it's the quiz of the week. listening to the who's he podcast please visit our website at who's hyphen he hyphen podcast.co.uk you can also follow us on twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast and please also join the who's he podcast facebook group the who's he podcast is a member of the doctor who podcast alliance